But I want to begin by saying this. Jesus is alive and well. And the other statement I want to make to you is this. If you are full of the Holy Spirit, the devil knows your name. That ought to make everybody in this house want to shout, Hallelujah! I told you it'd sound a little strange for beginning a service, but God wanted to make that clear to somebody to understand. Jesus is alive and well, and if you're full of the Spirit of God, the devil knows your name, which means you can declare the name of Jesus. Stand in the authority and the boldness of His Word and the power of His Spirit. And you can overcome any enemy that tries to come before you. You can overcome every opposition. You can overcome every battle. You can overcome every trial. And you will be the victor. If you have your Bibles, look with me to Mark chapter 6. Verse 45 through verse 51, we're going to read the New Living Translation today. Immediately after this, Jesus insisted that his disciples get back into the boat and head across the lake to Bethsaida. While he sent the people home after telling everyone goodbye, he went up into the hills by himself to pray. Late that night, the disciples were in their boat in the middle of the lake, and Jesus was alone on land. He saw that they were in serious trouble, rowing hard and struggling against the wind and waves. About three o'clock in the morning, Jesus came toward them, walking on the water. He intended to go past them, but when they saw him walking on the water, they cried out in terror thinking he was a ghost. They were all terrified when they saw him. But Jesus spoke to them at once. Don't be afraid, he said. Take courage. I am here. Then he climbed into the boat, and the wind stopped. And the last statement of that verse is this. They were totally amazed. Jesus stepped into the boat, the wind stopped, and they were totally amazed. They were in a desperate moment, fighting for their lives. But when Jesus stepped into the boat, a miracle happens. And they go from desperation and fear into a place of amazement because they saw the true hand of God at work in their life. I want to share with you this morning after a word of prayer on this thought. On the other side of your desperation is a miracle. On the other side of your desperation is a miracle. Father, 
I ask you right now to anoint the word as it comes forth today. Lord, let it take foundation. Let it take root in every one of our lives today. May it transform who we are, how we see things, how we believe things, and how we understand things. And I ask you, Father, that you would anoint me this day to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ, to declare this word that you have birthed in my heart for this moment of time. And I pray that when this service is concluded, Father, that every person in this house, every person online will be able to declare that they have been in the presence of the Lord and that the Word of God has literally changed their life. God, we ask it in the name of Jesus. Amen. On the other side of your desperation is a miracle. Now, I want you to notice the last statement in that passage of Scripture, and it said this. They were totally amazed. Well, I want to share with you this. The reason they were amazed was because they had an encounter with God. And I want to ask every person in this room today and those of you online today, are you ready to be amazed? Are you ready for an encounter with God? An encounter that you will not soon forget. An encounter that will literally change your life. An encounter that will literally transform how you see life. You see, when you have a true encounter with God, it will change everything about you. You cannot get into the real presence of God and go after God and not be different. I want to say that again. You cannot get into the real presence of God and go after God and not be changed or be different in some way in your life. Well, let's go back for a moment. Where were they? They were in a moment of desperation. Sometimes an encounter can come through a different avenue that is called desperation. Sometimes we have to get into a desperate moment before we can literally have that encounter with God that He really wants us to experience in our life. And I want you to hear this. As hard as it is to accept, many times desperation is the best thing that can happen to us. That sounds a little strange, doesn't it? Because we don't like desperate moments. We don't like desperate times. But sometimes the best thing that can happen to us is desperation. Why? Desperation is where we come to an end of our Selves. It's where we come to an end of who we are and we stop trying to figure things out. We stop trying to look at who we are and what we can do. And the greatest part of this is this. When you come to the end of yourself, you find God. I like that. When you come to the end of yourself, then you find God. In this text this morning, the disciples had a word from the Master. They had a word from Jesus 
himself. And the word was this. He said, cross over to the other side. He had given them a statement. He had given them a command, if you would, and he said, go over. And this word was a prophetic declaration of destiny for their life. It was a prophetic declaration of where they were to go and what they were to be. And as soon as they started moving in the prophetic word of Jesus, a storm comes. When they started moving in the prophetic word that had been given by Christ, a storm comes out of nowhere. Well, I want to say this to everyone in this room, and most of you have probably already experienced it somewhere in your walk with God. But if you have not, I assure you, somewhere it will happen. If you plan on doing anything for God, you might as well get ready for a storm. You might as well get ready for opposition. You might as well get ready for the enemy to raise his head and for the enemy to try to stop you in some manner in your walk. Why? Because the devil does not want you to fulfill God's calling or God's purpose or his desire on your life. People who, listen, people who have never done anything for God, they don't have to worry much about storms. Amen? People that never try to do anything for God, they don't ever have to worry much about storms. People that are not interested in moving forward in the Lord, they don't have to worry about storms. Why? Because they're not really pursuing God. But what I want you to understand in the storm that I'm talking about, I'm talking about satanic opposition in your life. And I want to stop right here before I go any further. We as the people of God need to come into the place that we will stand in the authority of the Lord and put the devil in his place. I've said it so many times from this pulpit, but I'm going to say it here again today. The devil has no more authority over your life than what you give him. The devil cannot do any more to you than what you allow him to do. So the next time the devil's riding hard on your back, yes, it's, it's, he's fighting you and he's warring against you, but another reason why he is there is because you're not standing up in who you really are in Christ Jesus because when you stand up in who you really are in Christ the devil cannot remain I said he cannot remain so let's go back to that satanic opposition when you start moving in your destiny Satan will resist you now I'm going to ask you a point blank question anybody been going through that lately Come on, hold, don't be ashamed of it. Hold up. Anybody gone through some of that lately? A few of you are honest. Some of you others need to pray through. Because if we're children of God and we're going after the Lord, we go through it. Amen? We face it. We deal with it. But when you start moving in your destiny, Satan will resist you, and he will do his very best to put a stop to where you're going. It, listen to me. Anybody can serve God when the sun's shining. Anybody can serve God when the sea is calm. Anybody can serve God 
when everything's going great and everything looks well, feels well, seems well in your life. But it takes real men and women of God, men and women, men and women of faith and courage and commitment to stay the course when a storm starts brewing in your life. You gotta have faith, you gotta have courage, and you gotta be committed to your walk with God if you remain faithful when a storm begins to brew. It bothers me so many times when I see people go through real difficulties, how that they how they so quickly turn away from God and they so quickly get down and out and depressed and look in all other different ways other than turning their face back toward the Lord. God never said you wouldn't be depressed. God never said you wouldn't deal with difficulties. God never said you wouldn't face these things in your life. But what he did say was this, when you find yourself in that moment, if you will seek the face of God, he will bring you out of of your depression. He will bring you out of your, your oppression. He will bring you out of those places the enemy has brought you into in your life. But I'm going to tell you, we have to make a choice. I've said it before and I'm going to say it again. Some people will not come out of their depressed state because they really like where they are. They wouldn't tell you that, but if they really want it out, they got what it takes to get out. Some people don't want to come out of the place that they're in because they like where they are. But if you want to come out, there's not a devil in hell that can stop you from coming out. There's nothing in this world or in this life that can stop you from coming out if you choose to come out in the name of Jesus. Now let's go back to the storm here for a moment. The storm will test our level of commitment. I just want to ask you a quick question. How committed are you to God? How committed are you to God? If you're really committed to the Lord, when a storm starts brewing in your life, you don't turn your back on Him. You stay focused on Him. A storm will reveal your level of commitment. The storm helps us to see what is really important and what is excess baggage? And let me just say this while I'm here. A lot of folks are carrying around some excess baggage that need to be shaken off. And sometimes I believe that's why we go through some of the storms that we go through because God is allowing a time. I didn't say God put it on you, but God is allowing a time where the excess baggage can be taken off of your life so you can get down to what's really important and you can get down to the place of really serving Him. The storm shakes loose the things that are not connected in the Spirit of Christ. The storm brings out your best, and the storm will bring out your worst. I've seen people in my life would be going through a storm, and you knew they were going through a storm, but you'd never know they was going through a storm. You know why? Because they put on their faith, they put on their trust in the Lord, and they put a smile on their face even though all hell was breaking loose in their life. They put on a smile and let the joy of the Lord rise in them, and the best of them came out in the midst of their storm. But on the flip side, I've seen others go through the storm and their smile goes to a frown and they get down and out and they get heavy laden and you would never even know they have a relationship with God. But I want you to understand, the storm will bring out your best and it will bring out your worst. But you've got to hear this, the storm brought these disciples to a place of desperation. 
It brought them into a moment of desperation in their life. And listen, why did they need to reach this place of desperation? Why did they have to come to this place? Now, somebody listen to me right now. Why did they have to come to that place of desperation? It was because Jesus was coming to them in a different way than they had ever seen him before. And if they had not been desperate, they would have missed the revelation. If they had not been desperate, they would have missed that moment with Jesus. You want to know why sometimes I believe we have to go through desperate moments in our life? Because it's preparing us for a moment when God is going to come to us in ways He's never come to us before, like we've never seen Him before, like we've never acknowledged Him before, but it's preparing us and getting us ready so we do not miss the moment. I don't know about you, but I don't want to miss any more moments with God. I don't want to miss any more time that God has set up for my life. I don't want to miss anything concerning Him. Sometimes we miss fresh revelation from God because we're not desperate enough to see Him. God help us. Sometimes we miss the things God wants us to get because we're not desperate. We're not desperate enough for him. And I want you to notice here, Jesus waited until they were exhausted. Jesus waited till they were worn out. Jesus waited till they were out of gas, so to speak. And they didn't have anything else to offer. They were desperate. In other words, they knew that self-effort was useless. There was nothing else they could do. They had done everything in their power to make it through and to find a way out. But notice they realized and they understood without divine assistance they were going to die. They knew if something didn't happen in their favor, they were going to die. Isn't it amazing how far we have to go sometimes before we run into grace? I said, isn't it amazing sometimes how far we have to go, how far we have to run before we run into the grace and the mercy of God? Isn't it amazing sometimes how far God has to let us go before we will see His mercy and grace? Somebody hear this preacher this morning. They saw Jesus on the water, but fear almost kept them from receiving Him. The Bible said they thought He was a ghost. They were fearful because they didn't understand what they were seeing. They didn't know it was Jesus. They thought it was a spirit out there on that water. There was a ghost on the water. And that fear almost kept them from receiving their answer, from receiving Jesus Christ. And let me speak to somebody in this house. Fear hinders many people from receiving God. Fear hinders many people from receiving God. What do you mean? Fear of the unknown. Fear of what other people might think or what other people might say. Let me just stop and say something very clearly right here. Who cares what anybody else thinks? 
Who cares what anybody else says? If you're trying to find God, that's the most important thing in your life. And you got to stop worrying about what somebody's going to think about you or somebody's going to feel about you because here's the reality. When you find God in the way you need to find God, you may possibly bring that person to God that you thought was going to laugh at you. You may possibly bring that person to God that you thought was going to make fun of you. So let me just stop and tell you, put your pride out of the way. Quit worrying about what everybody thinks or feels. Find God for yourself. Some people have a hard time receiving God because fear of breaking a tradition. Traditions are wonderful. Traditions can be good things, but when it comes to finding God, I think there's some traditions we need to throw out the window. There's some traditions we need to throw out the window when it comes to finding God. Why? Because some of the traditions of past things in our life have kept us from going where God wants us to go. And you got to weigh it out. Is the tradition you're holding on to, is it taking you closer to God or is it pulling you further away from God? And if it's taking you away from God, get rid of it and find God. He is more important. Amen? Desperation overcame their fear. Desperation overcame, or overcame their fear. Their desperation became a positive force in preparing them for the awesome revelation and the manifestation of the power of God in their life. If they had not have been desperate, they would have missed Jesus. If they had not have been desperate, because the Bible said he had intended to pass them by. But they were so desperate that anything caught their eye. And in a moment they saw Jesus. Many I'm speaking to this morning have seen or have sensed a growing desperation in your spirit. Many of you I'm talking to today, you've sensed a growing desperation in your spirit, man. Something's yearning. Something's calling. But maybe you have not known which way to turn. And there's a desperation there. Maybe nothing seems to be working anymore, and there's a desperation there. Maybe you are exhausted, and there's desperation there, but I want to declare to you today, and I want everyone in this house to listen to me when I say this. I believe that you're on the verge of a fresh revelation that is going to bring you into a deeper relationship with God than you have ever walked in in your life, and there's going to be a greater manifestation of the power of God in your life because of where you find yourself so let me just stop and tell you, desperation may seem hard, it may seem tough sometimes, but many times it is working in your favor. God is preparing you for that moment of power. God is preparing you for that deeper relationship. God is preparing you for that deeper place in Him. 
And I want to tell you where we're living at right now, that deeper place in him is more important than anything else. When I was kneeling on this floor earlier in the worship set, I said to the Lord, God, you're more important to me than anything. Listen, nobody likes to feel like you're weak. Amen? Nobody likes to feel unsuccessful. Nobody likes to feel they don't know what they're doing. Nobody likes that feeling. Nobody likes that sensation. But sometimes we have to reach that place. Why? Because we have to reach that place before our eyes will be open to really, our ears will be open to really hear what God is saying. Before our eyes can be open to really see what God is trying to do, we have to reach that place before we can hear God, not just in our ears, but hear God in our heart. Hear God in our spirit, man. Hear God deep down inside of us. And for our eyes to be open to see what we've never seen before. Now, I'm going to be honest to you. I'm at a point in a place in my life when I am ready to see what I've never seen. I'm ready to witness what I've never witnessed. I'm tired, David, of talking about it. I'm ready to see it. Junior, I'm tired of us talking about what has been. Let's talk about what's going to be. Let's talk about what is happening right now. Like the woman with the issue of blood for 12 years. You remember the story. It wasn't until she had spent all of her money and exhausted every avenue in her life had been disposed before she came to Jesus. Think about it. She had to get desperate. Before she came to Jesus. If she'd have had more money, if she'd have had other doctors she could have gone to, if she'd had other avenues, she probably would have never met Jesus. But when everything else was gone in her life and nothing else could be done, she went to Jesus. Isn't it amazing? Sometimes that's the way we are, but it's an awful thing to be that we have to lose everything else before we'll turn to Jesus. Everything else has to fail. Everything else has to fall through. Everything else has to come up short before we will look to Jesus. When in reality, we ought to look to Jesus first. If we would learn to look to Jesus first, it'd save us a lot of heartache. If we'd learn to look to Jesus first, it'd save us a lot of troubles. If we'd learn to look to Jesus first, it'd save us a lot of things. If you learn to look to Jesus first, it might save you a lot of money. What are you talking about, Pastor? He might heal you, and you may not even have to go to the doctor. Now, I'm not doc- knocking doctors. I thank God for them. God gave them to us. But I'm going to say this to you. God may heal you, and you may not have to go. But here's the reality. We've got to learn to look to Jesus. It was desperation that caused Jairus to risk his reputation as a leader of the religious community by bringing his daughter to, or calling, asking Jesus to come and to heal his daughter. It was a huge step for him to come out and say, Master, my daughter's sick. But he took it. You know why? Because nothing else seemed to work. 
Nothing else seemed to be happening. It was desperation that caused blind Bartimaeus to cry out for mercy in spite of the persecution of those that around him that were saying, be quiet, Jesus doesn't care about you. They're trying to quieten him down, but Jesus, have mercy on me. Jesus, have mercy on me. Sometimes your desperation has got to get louder than the opposition that the devil's speaking in your ear. Sometimes your desperation has got to get louder than the doubts that are being spoken around you. Sometimes your desperation has got to get louder than anything else that's being spoken into your life. Sometimes you got to cry out and say, Jaira, you are enough. Jaira, you are enough. Jaira, you are enough. Sometimes you got to speak it loudly and boldly to all of those who have struggled with a feeling of depression. Or excuse me, desperation, I'm sorry. To all of those of you who have struggled with a feeling of desperation, the feelings of desperation deep inside of you as though you have done all you know how to do. You have prayed, you have fasted, you have sought the Lord, you have confessed, and it seems like nothing is changing in your life. Let me just stop and ask you, have you ever been there? How many times have I been there? When I prayed, I fasted, I've confessed, I've done everything I know to do, and nothing seems to be changing. Can I stop and tell you that if you're in that place this morning, God has not turned his back on you. God has not looked away from you. God has not forgotten you. You may be in a, a tough spot right now, and you may be in a tough moment right now, and you may feel more desperate than you've ever felt in your life, but I came by to tell somebody on the other side of your desperation is a miracle. On the other side of your desperate, desperate moment is a miracle that's waiting on you. But you got to be faithful in the desperation. you got to hold on to God in the desperation. You can't give up when things are not kosher. You can't give up when things are not perfect. You can't give up when everything's not just right in your life. I come by to tell you this morning, I want everybody in this house to listen to me. If you ain't heard anything else I've said, listen to me right here. I come by to tell you this morning that God is raising up an elite force in this last hour. God is raising up an elite force in this last day. What are you saying? He's raising up some green berets. He's raising up some Navy SEALs. He's raising up some uh, Army Rangers. He's raising up a Delta force in the spirit of God. What are you saying pastor? In Ephesians 6 11 through 16 put on the full armor of God so that you can stand against the tactics of the devil for our battle is not against flesh and blood but against the rulers against the authorities, against the world powers of this darkness against the spiritual force of evil in the heavens. This is why you must take up the full armor of God so that you may be able to resist in the evil day and preparing everything to take your stand. Stand therefore.
But then he goes on to say, with truth like a belt around your waist, righteousness like armor on your chest, and your feet sandal with the readiness for the gospel of peace. In every situation, take the shield of faith, and with it you will be able to extinguish all the fiery arrows of the evil one. But I want to key in on what he said. When you've made all the preparation and you've done all you know to do, stand, child of God. You, must, you may be in desperation now, but stand, child of God, and be a part of the elite force that God is raising up today. I'll get on your feet. Give the Lord a hand in here. Be a part of the elite force that God is raising up today. Listen, there's a greater revelation of Jesus than you've ever known. Ah, you think you know Jesus, but there's a greater revelation of Jesus than you've ever known. Some of you think you got Jesus figured out, but there's a greater revelation of Jesus than you've ever known. Some of you think you understand everything there is to understand about Jesus, but there's a greater revelation of Jesus than you've ever known. Desperation is like the last stages of pregnancy. Listen to me. It's like the last stages of pregnancy. You're uncomfortable. Nothing feels quite right. You cry for no specific reason. You don't fit in the clothes you used to fit in. You can't sit where you used to sit. Why? Because you're pregnant. But understand something. All the while, there is something that's growing inside of you. You may be crying for no reason, but there's something special growing inside of you. You may not be able to wear the clothes you used to wear. You may not be able to sit where you used to sit, but there's something special growing inside of you. You may not be able to see what it is, but anyone can see that something is growing in you. And I want to say to everyone in this house, that's the way it is. There is ministry growing inside of you. There is ministry that's getting ready to happen in your life. There's a new anointing growing inside of you. There's a special gift growing inside of you. There's a new vision growing inside of you. There's a new level that God has growing inside of you. Something is getting ready to be birthed. I know it's going to sound strange, but look over at your neighbor and say, I'm about to give birth. It's literally impossible for me to give birth in the physical. But I got news for you. I'm about to give birth in the spiritual. I'm about to give birth in the spirit realm. What are you saying, Pastor? There's a new gift about to come forth. There's a new vision about to come forth. There's a new level of God. It's about to come out of me. Desperation is that last stage before manifestation. Desperation is that last stage before manifestation. And I want you to listen to me close. It is here at that place of desperation, right before the manifestation happens, it is here that you either break through or you break down.
It is here that you either give in or you press through. It is here that you either hold on to faith or you let go in fear, one or the other. It is at that point in that place, and it is at this point that the devil will try to convince you that it's not worth it. Somebody hear me very closely right here. In your moment of desperation, the devil will tell you it's not worth it. In your moment of desperation, the devil will tell you to give up and quit. In your moment of desperation, what you've been holding on to, the enemy will try his best to get you to let go of. But I want everybody in this room to hear me. He will tell you that God has changed his mind. No, he has not. God has not changed his mind. He will tell you that you misunderstood God. No, you did not. I'm talking to somebody. You heard God right the first time. And God didn't chew his cabbage twice. He spoke to you point blank, and you heard the voice of God, and there ain't no devil in hell that can tell you differently. But I want to tell somebody in this room, once you heard from God, it's time for you to do something about it. Once you heard from God, it's time for you to do something about it. The devil will tell you in that moment that you just dreamed your own dream. No, you did not. God put that dream in you. And those kind of dreams don't die. We may push them off in the back burner somewhere. We may bury them under all the other stuff of our life. But those kind of dreams don't die. So you stop letting the devil tell you that you just dreamed up something. You just conjured it up. If you heard the voice of God, if you heard the call of God, if you heard the clarion cry of the Spirit of God, God spoke it into you. God gave it to you. And don't you let anything, including the devil himself, take it away from you. I've come to tell you this morning that delay is not denial. I've come to declare to you this morning that delay is not denial. Just because you haven't seen it yet. Just because you haven't witnessed it yet. Just because you don't understand it yet does not mean God has denied you. There's some of you in this room, you've prayed again and again to God about certain things in your life, and you don't understand why it's happened. It's been delay after delay after delay after delay. And you feel like God's forgotten you. Listen to me. Man may forget you, but God never will. Man may forget you, but God never will. Delay is not denial. And this, this desperation is a positive power. Listen, when it causes you to throw yourself completely on God. Desperation is a positive power. 
when it causes you to throw yourself on the Lord. And I want to say this to everybody in this room and those of you online. It is time for us to throw ourselves on God. It is time for us to throw ourselves completely on the Lord and hold nothing back in our let me ask you, is there a certain place you've been wanting to come to in the Lord? Is there a certain something you want God to do in your life? I'm not just talking about healing. I'm talking about in relationship. Is there a certain level you've been wanting God to bring you to? Is there certain things in your life that you're wanting God to, you want to see God do spiritually in you? Is there something you're wanting to see birthed inside of you? Throw yourself completely on God. Throw yourself completely on God. Don't you hold anything back from the Lord, but throw everything. I come to tell you that God's always on time. And when it seems like it's never going to happen, if God said it, TJ, it will happen. And I didn't know why I just spoke specifically to you, but I know why now. God said it, it's going to happen. You understand? God said it, it's going to happen. I don't care what it looks like. I don't care what it seems like. God spoke it to you. And there ain't a devil in hell going to take it away from you. Keep your focus. Stay locked in. You may have to pass through a storm. You may have to fight some giants. You may have to reach a place of desperation before you see the breakthrough you need to see. Before you get the answer you've really been believing for. Listen to me. You may have to reach that place of desperation. Everybody who has ever experienced the glory of God has gone through it. But let me tell you something about desperation I hadn't told you yet. Desperation is the breeding ground for an encounter with God. I've said it before that desperation is the breeding ground for miracles, but desperation is the breeding ground for an encounter with the Lord. Stand to your feet all across this house. It is the breeding ground for an encounter in His presence. It's the breeding ground for a place where you see God like you've never seen God. It's the breeding ground for a place where you experience God like you've never experienced God. I want to ask you today, are you ready for an encounter? I see many of you nodding your head. Please don't think this the wrong way, but don't just nod your head. How many of you are ready for an encounter?
Let me take that back. Lord, I apologize. Lord, I'm sorry when I asked them to forgive me for that. I'm not going to ask forgiveness for anything on that. Are you ready for an encounter? Are you ready to see God like you've never seen God? Are you tired of going through the motions? Are you tired of playing around with God? Are you tired of having a surface experience? I said something earlier in this service, and I'm going to say it again. If you are full of the Holy Spirit of God, the devil knows your name. I want everybody in this house to hear me. I want the devil to know who I am, and I want the devil to know who I serve, and I want the devil to know where I stand. If you're not clear in that this morning, you need an encounter with God that will bring you into a place that the devil knows who you are. On the other side of your desperation is a miracle. On the other side of your desperation is a miracle. 